0: Welcome to The Bottom of the Glass, a podcast about the art of traditional rudimental drumming and music of all origins. The Bottom of the Glass is hosted by Dave Loyal, Brendan Mason, and me, Brian Watkinson. We'll dig deep into the theories, the ideas, and the history of rudimental drumming, fifing, and world music through the words and experiences of those who are making music history today.
1: So yeah, work work sucks. That's probably because so, I, have, I haven't done it in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been at what, home working from
0: home. So does it suck to go in?
1: Uh, well, it's just the commute. And then when you get there, it just it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, just I hear you. I, the, today was the first day that I was able to take a break. Yeah. It started a few weeks ago. So um, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, there's so many things that I'm constantly putting out fires, like I'm running down, I went to go to the bathroom the other day, I just wanted my five minutes to just kind of sit, sit in the toilet and play some Mario Kart and you know disconnect from the world and, and next thing you know I'm going to Mr. Mason! Mr. Mason come down the hallway, we got an emergency so I go down to the hallway and you know they, they just had the wrong uh, HDMI cord in the wrong port um, and, I, and I wanted to Dreams. Like, I can't even take a dump in peace.
2: <clears throat> I was say, saying that uh, Brendan, Brendan got selected for that IT position because he was the only one who knew how to program the VCR. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're not far off, my friend.
2: <laughs> That's funny. I went down
0: to a um, my first business meeting that I've been to in about three months down to Massachusetts today, and I got pissed because I had to take a shower. You know, and then I got pissed because I had to no, iron no, a no, shirt.
1: Stop! 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 stop. You I'm got it. You had to take a shirt.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, you know, I really yeah. don't want to go to this business meeting, but oh, and now I have to take a shower,
1: and well, it pissed me same, off. I don't, I don't enjoy looking at all the flies in the camera view. So, <laughs> 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 oh Lord. So, do you guys miss Drum Corps? Yes, <laughs> a lot. No. I really do. <laughs> just I, I don't know. Listen, I, I was talking about this with Rob Randall today. I kind of like having a Saturday a little bit. I do miss some of the events, um, but I, I think that's just because I'm so used to teaching every freaking weekend. It's weird having a Saturday off.
0: Mm. No, no, I get that. And there's no doubt. I mean, you know, like when, you know, when Deep River weekend came around and when Westbrook weekend came around, it was actually – uh, it was actually kind of a bonus to not have to do all the pack up and the drive and all that kind of stuff. I appreciated that, but I, I missed the event and you know. But I really I missed the people for sure. Um, you know, and all the stuff we do. But you know, I mean, yeah, going and s- sweating on a field and yeah. Well, hold on, so you,
1: Brian, you, you, Grand Republic has what
0: seven events a year? <laughs> no, I think we have seven and a half. Yeah, or maybe eight. Well, oh, yeah, we don't do a lot. We don't do a lot. We, you know, we don't do it like like you guys. You know, we don't do we don't do, you know, four Memorial Day parades over the weekend.
1: We
2: had any
0: of that stuff this past year. Well, not this. Oh, past year,
2: Jesus. But, but anyway, all this time, I, I uh, always thought the Grand Republic only did Deep River and Westbrook. But, you know,
1: <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, well, cause Grand Republic's nothing without that tall, goofy guy in the middle. <laughs> You're right. That,
0: that is so true. That is very true. No, we do we do three paid gigs a year, and those are our parades. Other than that, it's all musters. That's pretty sweet. That's a pretty sweet gig. Yep. Yeah, but so we, I mean, we have to pay for a lot of our own stuff, you know. So, so there's I, I was, that too. Uh, I was just noticing with
1: the with the Patriots, we've only taken like two weeks off since March from wow. like rehearsals and and just getting together. I mean, we've been getting together the last. Uh, I'd say like two months, I think. So I, I think it's just, that's pretty cool. And 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 it's been fun every single time. And I think it's just been the right amount of drum corps for me. <laughs> it's yeah. the drive down to Bristol and we do those rehearsals and there's just so much enthusiasm getting ready for whatever's going to come, um, you know, whenever that's going to happen. So,
0: yeah. I just saw your post for uh, getting ready for CERD, which looked really Cool and really funny what now, what hall is that that you guys were rehearsing in
1: so we were at the uh Bristol Historical Society in Bristol Connecticut. We that got kicked beautiful out of our uh, home, which was a an abandoned office building um which is which actually sounds a lot worse than what it what it was there wasn't any like flies or anything or you know not a lot of not a lot of uh homeless people, not a lot of uncles. <laughs> <Not a> <laughs> <laughs> they just called up they just called us up and uh, a couple weeks ago and said, uh, yeah, by the way, your lease is up. I was like, <laughs> oh okay, wow, so hand in your keys, and that was it
0: so wow, so so you actually had a lease like how does that work? I've never belonged to a drum corps that had a had a lease on a place.
1: I think this is the first time that I've known anybody to do that we We were looking for a place to uh, to rehearse uh, during the summer because we were tired of, of trying to find a rehearsal location after school shut down. We were with the Plainville public schools for a while. Right. And uh, we just got really, really sick of, of like showing up on one Friday and the janitor would meet us at the door. He's like, Oh, sorry. It's uh, girl scouts baking night, you know? So we, we had to like go home or we'd go to the bar. Or we'd play, we play in the, uh, the parking lot until somebody got upset with us. So we decided that we were just going to find a new location. So my father um, found this place. It's just this big office building, and they lease out to companies. And they they gave it to us, something like uh, $200 every three months, just to go in there on Friday nights. But the problem with that is that you lose that job security.
2: Where did Brian Brian go? I
0: went to get my phone.
2: Uh Oh.
1: Well, can so, you guys talk a little bit? Because I really, really would like to pour myself another Moscow mule.
0: <laughs> what, well, so where do you have to go for that? Like into the kitchen?
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> you might get poisoned. <laughs> Here's this place, and now we're going to go to that place. It's not really that hard. All right.
0: All right. So let's ask a question about Brendan while he's gone. Why is his... uh? handle on this particular recording <laughs> that 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 doesn't sound anything like him
2: I'm still trying to figure out what that picture is behind him on every time that we record I think it's winking at me I I feel like the eyes are chasing me around the room <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what that looks like Kara's great-grandmother that's creepy I mean look you know if 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 Kara had some curly hair, that that's what she would look like. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, maybe that place is haunted. I'm just not sure.
2: It is an old house. It, it's a beautiful <laughs> it house. Though. Is,
0: it is actually beautiful. So so so, Dave, did you get all of those drums out that you had posted a picture of on Instagram recently?
2: Uh, I actually didn't post that picture. I only sent it to you, um, but. But, but yeah, most of those drums have, have shipped. Um, we also have a big order from Remo coming in um, this week. Um, it's it shipped today, thank God, because it's been like four months because they, they, they were pretty much shut down for a while. You're right. So, so we've been waiting on, on some drum heads. Um, so there's a lot of drums that are just waiting on those heads. So we should be shipping, um, let's see, uh, between... 10 and 12 this week um, wow. if it comes in tomorrow or the next day. So uh, wow, j- just depends. And then there's a few restorations and things like that, that um somebody's picking up a drum tomorrow. Um, w- we have two drums for Ross Andrews that have been restored um, that yeah. he's going to swing by and pick up. Yeah. It's, it's a busy place for sure. Um, yeah. You know, n- no rest for the weary.
0: <laughs> Are you still uh, doing the same thing as before where, like when Remo sends sends heads, they send them without the logo
2: on them, so yeah, they're clean, right? Yeah, yeah. So so that's the custom stuff that that, that we have made by Remo. Um, yeah, and so normally there's about a two month lead time. We we have a solid stock of them. You know, we we probably have two hundred heads in the shop. Um, at any given time. But um, just with with COVID happening, you know, it kind of slowed down the entire production process and the whole logistics chain just got really wild.
0: Yeah. No, I imagine it did.
2: I'm back. Oh. Hi. Good.
0: Good to hear.
1: (laughs) Thanks for holding on the fort, guys.
0: Yeah, listen, you know, that's our job, man. While you go make your Moscow mule, we're here to kind of keep things going, you know, keep all the balls in the air. If I think that's it's, the way you want to put it.
1: I'm looking at my squad cast screen and and I have the biggest window. Do you guys see the same thing or do you guys also
0: Yes, my my screen is the biggest.
2: Well, that's not fun. No, my screen is the biggest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you guys. So, so Brendan, who is the woman in the portrait over your right shoulder? Oh, that's It your- looks like Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So we can't say bad things about her?
1: You shouldn't talk ill about her mom. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that just took the fun out of this shit.
1: Well, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Dave, can you
2: tell us a little bit about third? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, so CERD is the the Society of International Rudimental Drummers. Um it started back in, in twenty fifteen. It wasn't called CERD back then, but but we, we've had a couple symposiums over the last few years. 2016 was in Bern, Switzerland. Um then 2018 was in, in Paris. And um so at Paris we, we actually formalized the um the society. Um to you know and it's it's mostly based on uh rope tension drumming and military drumming um and there's still some some kind of um work that's being done to to fine-tune exactly um you know who who CERT is and things like that but but we, there's a big event on the nineteenth this weekend um which I guess by the time this comes out it'll be before after there should be before. That's what you are planning on doing. That's should be, right. Should the, be
0: the day before. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So um, there's well, I mean, some different. Uh... I
0: mean, really,
1: it depends on how long you talk about this. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> 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 so, so anyway. Brendan and I are, are both doing some videos for this uh this virtual presentation and uh Brian's just going to be sitting sitting around drinking rum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. You are How did you know that? You are freaking clairvoyant. <laughs> well, you know, it just so happens that we have Oliver Fisher on tonight. Uh, for our interview, and he has a little something to do with CERD, does he not?
2: Yeah, Ali's the president of of, of, of the society. Um, so, yes, I would say that he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool thing,
0: you know. So what it's going to do is it's going to start, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is going to be kind of a rolling virtual uh presentation that's going to start in Europe, uh, right? And then it's going to come through uh, the States and then it's going to end in Asia. Is that how that works?
1: Yeah. So pretty much opposite of (laughs) COVID-19.
0: Hey, you know what? That's a good point. That's actually (laughs) true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's like six hours or so that, that, that it's planned um, starting in Switzerland Moving to, um, I think it's going to France and then the UK, then the US, um, and then Singapore.
0: Mm. So now, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing for this? Like Brendan, what what are the Patriots doing? And Dave, what are you doing to uh, be a part of it?
1: Well, I'm just trying to survive, Brian.
2: Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm trying to distill all drum maintenance into ten minutes. <laughs>
0: minutes? That's that's how long you have? You have to do it in ten minutes or do you have a little more?
2: Um I have twenty seven minutes of, of, of footage recorded right now. Um and there's some there's some back and forth on, on how much of a time we're going to actually spend on it. There's actually some pretty cool, cool tips that, that I'd like to put in there. Um, we're not going too deep into like actually pulling a drum or anything. Cause that just takes, takes too long to really um, teach in a forum like this. So um, what I was calling it is five or so tips for maintaining a rope drum, One, maintaining, maintaining and optimizing.
1: And number one is don't put it in the fire.
2: Number, number two is, Take the ropes off and put lugs on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Number three is I had I had a drum once that um, Tim Goss and Randy Waterman, he, he, this was their tips. They said, keep the heads and throw the rest in the fire. That was their tip for a drum I had.
2: I've actually done that before. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes you just have to do that. Sometimes a drum just needs to go in the fire. Hey, so
1: Brian, friend. Can you uh, just remind our listeners about our Patreon plug?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, if you're enjoying these these podcasts and and a lot of people have because we are getting we are getting some patrons. But if you want to support us, just go to uh, patreon.com and I'll spell that out. It's p a t r e o n.com backslash bottom of the glass podcast and you can donate uh so if you do that you know it'll help us out tremendously and what we're trying to do is we're trying to cover these these podcasts the expense of these podcasts so that we can then take uh, 100 percent of the proceeds after that and donate it to the company of fifers and drummers because they have a lot of stuff that they need to pay for and it's ongoing with the company i mean you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, they did a big fundraiser to do the roof, and that's a, that's a big deal. If you've ever been to the company, doing the roof was a big deal, and they have a lot of stuff that needs to be done. So we're just trying to funnel some money in there, um, and we're not that far off. You know, I mean, we're probably about halfway where we need to be. But if you do that, if you go to patreon.com backslash bottom of the glass podcast. You can donate, and that would help out tremendously.
1: Yeah, and, and if we do reach that goal, Dave will start to uh, do videos of him uh, pulling rope drums uh, in nothing but a bikini.
0: <laughs> I already have it on. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, there's an incentive.
2: <laughs> Who's whose bikini do I have to wear for that? Because <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> that there is a difference. That is. A difference.
1: And one thing for sure is you shouldn't wear it backwards.
2: Huh? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Are we interviewing Dave? <laughs> We're interviewing Ollie Fisher, the president of the Society of International Rudimental Drummers.
1: All right, and that's a wrap. <laughs>
0: podcast is going international today, ladies and gentlemen. We would like to welcome Oliver Fisher, a marvelous drummer. He's a Swiss veteran, a head chef, a teacher, an organizer of many, many things. And he is also the first president of the Society of International Rudimental Drummers and a major influencer in the international scene of rudimental drumming. So, Ollie, Welcome to the podcast. We are so happy that you're here with us today.
3: Thank you very much. Likewise, it's a pleasure to be here.
2: Great to see you, Ali. Thank you. For our first question, um, I've heard about some of the things that you've done in the past and continue to do in the present. Um, Can you tell us a bit about how some of the other projects you've worked on um, and things that we may not know about?
3: Oh, yeah, there's a, okay, let's let's maybe start a little bit how how I uh, came to, to what you all said before, um, because it sounds like I do everything and a lot, but the, the idea was actually, <clears throat> to be honest, uh, it, I came per coincidence to that job as a chairman of CERT because before, maybe just to go on that one, I think we come to the projects, um, I uh, you maybe don't know, but I was a uh, uh, met you guys in 2014. That was this big uh, uh, tour we had to, through the US. So that was actually my first encounter. Uh, and there I was president of the Swiss Roma Association. And as you maybe know, every 20, 30 or 50 years or whatever, we always try to have a a trip, and uh, that was actually one of my first projects internationally I did, so I was lucky to meet you all, and it was really, for me, uh, enlightening, because we do not, I mean, we have always this idea of, yes, American drumming is the classic one, we have some exchange with, with Basel and the drummer and Fifers, but I was not aware of that variety and that huge, rich culture you had in rudimental drumming. And that was actually my first one. And then, funny enough, because of my job, I was traveling a lot. And then in uh, 2016, when we started uh, the SIERT project, was not called that time, SIERT, a symposium, I was very, very sick, to be honest. I had a very tough time. And it was my first appearance after my long sickness, I had cancer, uh, to that uh, uh, symposium. And I was actually, to be honest, I was a translator, <laughs> because no one knew what shall we do with him. So I just came out of... I didn't organize anything, and it was my first appearance. And then I met you all, and I think that's that was really a... Again, as really an eye-opener and also a a chance, an initiative to start and engage. And um, then we also, and I like that very much, so we we could have some projects like you came, for example, uh, with Mark Riley in 2017 to Switzerland, where you made a lesson about American drumming in, in my conservatory school. And this showed me how sustained that was that we do some elements and live performing and see new cultures, especially for the kids. And that's actually a little bit what uh, now the next projects are um, really strong uh, what I do because uh, before I was always had a job as a president, as drummer, as school teacher or whatever. And now I actually enjoy a little bit freedom and I pick and choose, and I'm really selfish. I love it because I could pick and choose it. And at the moment, when you say a current project, what uh, I'm doing uh, is I'm planning for next year, the World Youth Music Festival in Zurich in 21. And I invite you actually all, because the good thing is youth is here until 25. So, because your groups are also quite young. I mean, not we don't talk about the people who are now here attending. I'm talking about our big group. And uh, so I'm planning now to, to have this youth uh, festival. And they're having a special section because it's for wind bands. It's for brass bands. It's for all musicians, but also for drummers, percussionists, and drum and fifa. And it's more a festival, it's not competition, competition, you can do that, but it's more a little bit uh, um, a wide range of, of people. There are 40 groups already enlisted from all over the world, about five to 6,000 people. And that's actually one of these projects I really also want to promote here, because I think if the young people can exchange and see the world with this instrument, that's a huge chance. And I think that's a typical project what I use my uh, uh, relations, but also a little bit the know-how to to get people together. So if you ask me, so that's a little bit where where I'm at the moment and I'm looking forward to do that.
0: Wow, that's a lot of stuff that's really, really interesting, and that sounds like quite a time uh, when everyone comes over. Let's talk a little bit more about the school. you You run a, an excellent drumming school for for youth. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us the history and and where it's at and where you want that to go,
3: okay. Um, you see, I'm actually learned drumming in a clique in Basel. So I'm actually started as a drummer. With fifers on Carnival, Fasnacht, very traditional without notation. So we had this special hieroglyph, whatever. So it's it's drumming and I following. So that, that was the concept. And uh, then I had the chance, had very good teachers. And I think that's typical for all of us. We need a mentor. And he brought me then to the army drumming. So that's a complete different animal. Army drumming very minded musical notation a uh, wide range of of different instruments you have to play focus on army drumming very drill so completely different world and then i found out when i uh, was in the army reserve we had to have the, we have to play till we about 45 or so so we were in the active service reserve and then i saw that uh, we have three, actually, three different styles. Um, and one was this army-driven styles who are very strong technically. Then we having the Basel-Fasnacht style who is very cultural. And we have hundreds and thousands of drummers who do that, but without any concept, but very, very strong. And then we have a lot of small kids in other cities who has no relation to rudimental drumming. And in in Zurich uh, was they have a, this big feast in springtime where they drum and five and as well especially drumming and with the brass band and I used this um, event to train young kids and then I I was enlightening because I was uh, how do you say that uh, I always wanted that the rudimental drumming and the think, but especially the drumming, is established as a music instrument. And I think that's something what, for example, you guys are doing very well because it's part of your college, it's part of that, and that was missing in Switzerland. I mean, we started a little bit, but you know this emancipation of that, if you want to play a drum, it's not just a signal and a noise instrument, it has the same Technique has the same style like uh, violina, viola, uh, uh, piano forte, uh, a brass, a brass, and so on. And for me, that was actually my mission to 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 have a same school style and get it acknowledged as an official piece of uh, I say lessons in the music. And I'm happy to say it's not only me. It was a a big, big. a challenge with a lot of teachers who have also the musical diploma, who are percussionists, and we started like that. And now we're having in Zurich, for example, a school with about 50 to 60 drummers, from six years old to 22, and with and what I like, they play all the styles. So they play the basal drumming, they play with the harmony bands, with the wind bands, they learn the music. They are playing, most of them playing a second instrument. And they are quite uh, quick in learning, adopting new styles. And that's actually, if you ask me, that's actually, for me, was a little bit the, the path we went now so that we can say, if you are from Basel or if you are going somewhere, that's okay. We do that as well. We have the army. A lot of my kids, of course, want to go to the army, but there is not so much places left. So it's also changed. And then you still can do something and be part of whatever style you like and you are recognized as a musician. And I think that's the key difference from the past, how I learned, you know, in groups, one in the front, 20 people in the back, and drill 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 till everything is in your mind because mm-hmm. everything is without notation everything is standing that's also interesting when i when we look at you all my kids say oh the americans they are always sitting in can we sit you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were very we are still a little bit like that but but it's it's quite it's amazing you know and what we did as well now this is the latest project i have now we have some talent classes so we took the the ten, twelve best one, because that's typical for a music school that you are take the best one out and make a talent class or something, and that's what we can do now as well. And we get funded from the school, so so that's really, uh, let's say, the evolution from to be an army drummer, who is for us still the highest you can get. And and now we can say, if you're a girl, if you're a boy, if you want to stay longer, you want to be more musician, you have now also the possibility, without going to fastnacht or without to be in the army, to play your instrument the whole year. And I think that's really a, a gift for everyone. So Ali, coming
1: from the various musical backgrounds that you're coming from, in all of your years of teaching and performing, have you picked up any tips that could be useful for our listeners?
3: Uh, yes. Um, what we learned after many, many years now of teaching with several age uh, groups and also uh, uh boys and girls from different level, uh, I can say that one of the key points, what I believe in, and we were very successful, is that we start very early to to play some small pieces where you can already perform with other instruments so that you from day one, you are used to listen to other people, listen to other instruments, listen to other styles. So we started uh, very early, already after two, three hours or less with play alongs with music it can be modern music it can be also classical or traditional music and try to 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 uh, emphasize on that you can use the drum the rudimental drum to support other instruments but also to have your own style and you can also have some more um, what I always missed in rudimental drumming because we were very strict. We have a very clear understanding that's right, that's wrong. And what I learned is with this, we lost a lot of young kids because it was too demanding, It was very strict. It was not sometimes engaging the kids enough to have their own style. And what I learned, or what my tip is, in the beginning, it doesn't matter so much if it's right or wrong, but it should be meaning something. And I think we should give them a platform to say it is more than just one tone. It is more than just a rhythm or a pattern. It can be a motive, and and that's one of the tips. The second tips, what I saw as well, is that we try to. Uh, push them in the beginning, not into too much techniques, but that they are very on uh, an early stage can perform and show what they can do. Because, and and I have to tell you maybe a little bit, and I'm sure you might do it much better. But in, in Switzerland, the problem was the first three years, you were just in the corner, in the cellar, playing on these uh, pads, and you never had an engagement with anyone else except if you have a group uh, rehearsal and you never and and you never had some some success with that you know because on the end of the day you play on a pad and you start with the most complicated one so it's it's the uh, the role cool. <laughs> who takes many years to sound good uh we started with the most we started with the most complicated things what i have i must say we are completely uh, should turn it around and not fixing on on be the quickest and the uh, uh, the loudest <laughs> but to have really this variety and that's for me some sort the two three key elements and the third one is something what What uh, I'm maybe now a little bit um, talking about against uh, our uh, instructors, but sometimes we have very strong technicians, very strong musicians or drummers, and they want to play with the kids two difficult pieces because it's their piece and they want to to work in the same way. And I think here we have to be also a little bit, and maybe it's because of if you get older, that you are not pushing so hard anymore and wants to work too hard. Because if you look at our uh, pieces, they are very difficult. And I'm still missing uh, that composers are writing easier pieces so that a young kid who is only drumming for one year can play something. So that's still missing. And that's what I also try to tell every teacher. Can you please write something nice who is easy but not technical so they can play? So that's a little bit where I see the my experience.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely correct. I, I think too often, especially over here in America and Fight and Drum, educators sort of pigeonhole their, their way through teaching. And, and we only have, you know, we only need to teach the rudiments. We need to do uh, for this this long, tedious process from learning how to be a drum. And too often, the, the kids that are being taught lose interest very quickly because they just can't grasp onto it. So I think that we're starting to see that over here as well, trying to find different ways to keep the kids interested. And we're finding that the longer you keep them interested, the more they're going to be involved, and they're going to want to learn how to get better, and they're going to want to, how to learn how to play uh, and, and master – uh, being a rudimental drummer. So I, I, I think that's absolutely incredible.
3: And and don't underestimate, it's also a group effort. I mean, what I see that the drumming, the rudimental drummer is not a percussionist who has to do everything himself, who is alone. So it's, it's not a one-man show. It is really a team effort. And I can see, especially with kids, when they are getting as a teenager, as the teenagers, they like to be together. So the group can be more important than the teacher or the drum style. So it is a, a group effort. And there I see also something what what we should play more out and say, this is something we do as a team, like like a football team, just that we can get old and the football team is getting quickly sick or is too, too old or not good enough. So that's the, good, the beauty as well on the drumming.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, And and, and so, something else that you had mentioned um, in there was using some of the technology, listening to recordings, um, which which I think has has been it's been a very helpful thing for me. um, Growing up, listening to pipe and drum, I grew up outside of the city, so you know, to be able to 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 learn the style, a lot of that came through through recordings. But you know, especially with coronavirus and, and all the the. What we're living through now, it's been an incredible way to, to help teach some of the music as well, to, to spread it out, uh, because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you have an Internet connection, you you would then have access to some of this this teaching concepts, which I think fall into line with with what SIRD is all about and, and what where things are going.
3: Yes and interesting was in the lockdown um everyone was uh, completely overwhelmed especially the parents and the teachers with this technology boost, that that boost and the funny thing was my kids the smaller ones between 8 to 12 for them it was a gift because they they really they were always punctual they called me and said to me listen can I have now half an hour with you alone because that's exactly a different type of student who really needs to have his attention, who's maybe alone. He needs his own paste. And that was funny for me to, to see how certain, not everyone, eh? but certain character or, or young people are really, for them, it was a gift to have that uh digital way. Uh on the other hand, we saw as well that a lot of especially boys needs to have these emotions where you push them and you talk to them and whatever. So so you could see the difference there. But yes, I think we have to we have to go that way without losing the life element and the, the emotions, because what I understand as well, I mean, I don't know how you see that, but after a few weeks and months, you're getting really fatigue on always be online. So it needs that mix. But for me, it's definitely an additional way how we can support. And I mean, and that's also what I did with uh, you, Brian, when I was this three, four Sundays, I was able to, to join your group and I never would do that because I never came in my mind. How shall I sit now here and listen to you on a Sunday evening to listen to that drums and fifing? And uh, it's exactly what you mentioned, uh, Dave. It is. And I, it's, it was complete. Wow. Because it fitted the needs to understand literature, to understand and to follow. The pace was good, so you can still go out. If it's too much, you can just leave in a group life. You can't. You have to sit there. You have to wait. You have to you have to be polite. Of course, there you have to be polite as well. But you can take yourself out, and you can go back in. And the best is you can record it, and then for yourself, you can work on it. And that's, for me, something that I really, really appreciate, because sometimes you're not in the mood, or sometimes you haven't got the capacity and then it's good to have two, three times. So for me, is has two sides of the medal and we can't take that for that. I mean, at the moment, we are very, very, I mean, I had to cancel a lot of, of uh, events and it's for young people, it's a problem, I must say, because it's losing the emotional moment and the commitment you know so you have to to rehearse for a a gig or you have to rehearse for a concert so this gives bonding and if you don't do that it's everything gets a little bit you know so for me it was very difficult now to start with the kids back and bring them back on track because they are not used to have that anymore but to be honest this if we use the technology in the right way it is definitely a gift and the way forward
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, drum instruction, I would think, and I'm not a drum instructor, but drum instruction, I would think, has never been harder than it is right now. And the reason I say that, and we've talked about this type of thing on this program before, but, you know, kids have so many things that they can be interested in and so many distractions that they can have, you know, whether it be sports uh you, you know other social activities and it's really hard to get youth to spend the time learning things like like the way we used to learn them like years ago you had to break down a long roll and it sucked you know there's no way around it it was just a crappy thing to do but it's what you had to do and i think it's hard now to get a 13 or a 14 year old to have the patience to do that and break down a long roll or a flamacue or or anything like so it, it just makes it harder. And now um now that we're doing it virtually, it's it's even it's even tougher. So I give you guys a ton of credit.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think we have to use it also differently. No, there's some keywords like gamification or whatever. So you can do it in the right way. So it is helps you to support it or it can make it in a little bit a way that you say now it loses all the essence. And I think that's a little bit the experience. What And, and there I'm not worried when I look at what you are doing, uh, Brendan and Brian and also you, Dave, uh, what you, with your concepts and what you have. I think there is so much. Power in our books and how our teaching models, I think we can allow to be a little bit sometimes more in a funny way or a little bit more in a different way. Because I think our instrument already is very limited and strict. So you can break out sometimes because it's already per nature much more disciplined much more power in it, much more respect than a lot of other ones. And I think there you can give a little bit something back in that, that you can make it sometimes, not all the time, but take it a little bit more also on the easy side.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of your visits with our, our grand Republic rehearsals that we do, we do virtually. um, And and it was great. About a week ago, we were talking about uh, the role of bass drum, in american fife and drum and how it's evolved from just a timekeeper type function to you know i mean it's there's a hole there if the bass isn't there so let's talk a little bit more about you know what do you think what do you think the swiss could bring to american fife and drum and what do you think american fife and drum could bring to the swiss and and how do they how do they correlate and how how should they evolve do you think
3: I mean, we saw that already. I mean, if you look at at the the what is at the moment uh, fashioned or uh, sexy or whatever, I mean, it's very clear. I mean, let's go first for the mixed groups the The big difference between the Swiss drumming or also French Swiss drumming and uh, you guys is definitely the bass drum. Huh? So that's hundred percent. so so we have the bass drum started in nineteen eighty in the army with marches who are 150% influenced by you guys. So we have paradiddles, we have 112 speed, we have a bass drum and written with syncopas, all that style. So there is a lot of literature was, I would say, copy paste <laughs> and with this influence. And this started actually in, in the 80s and was driven by, by the army. And then uh, I just talk about from that side. Now, the funny thing is Basel and the Basel drumming was not influenced at all. What they did is, and you know a lot of my friends, and I don't mention any name, who who traveled over to the U.S. and copy-paste the groups as you have and brought it over. So there was no blend. eh? There was an American drum with an American... um, bass drum with the repertoire from the US. And we had a lot of groups who just copied it and were thrilled and we always liked it, you know, so, so, and, but it was not a blend. It was not a blend that you say it's influenced or whatever. And now interesting enough is the sticking came and the sticking from the Swiss or the French was very slow, was a little bit click, clack, clack, a little bit, you know, and came from the 16th and 17th century. So speed was very low, very rudimentary, and they tried to have a little bit that click sound to add it because they had no bass drum. Now with uh, the revolution, I must say, from uh, you guys who showed also, a a famous group in Switzerland, who we all know. (laughs) And the first years of Top Secret was also, they played on a Basel drum and started to make this sticking. The funny thing was, they were too slow. (laughs) If they had to run, they couldn't cope with it because they wanted to move. Because they make margin, so they want to be a DCI with that, but not. But they want they like to be playing rudimental, so they have to find a way. That's why they change their drum, and they still in conflict because actually they want to play with a nice rope drum, but because of speed, because of the style, they have to use that. But they don't want to play the same style like the DCI. So you saw there a typical example how the best trying to copy American drumming also with the support of you guys and try to adapt it to our drumming and i think that's the that's for me the key that the repertoire the the style of the sticking in combination with the rudimental drumming has his own character without using a brass band on the back <laughs> and definitely can't use a fifer because that they, they are not movable They can walk very nice. They are always gentle, but they can't move in that quick way. And if you do standing, and you see that now, if you look at our Swiss Army, Central Band, and whatever, and there you see, just to give you the answer, you see exactly the blend of rhythm, the blend of this really jazzy style of drumming, what you're doing, and a little bit of dust away. So I like that very much. And with a lot of visuals and and rhythm. Uh, if you ask me what you could uh, take from us, what I miss sometimes is, and that's what I like on the Basel drumming is that we are playing music only with rudiments, without mm-hmm. sticking, without bass. So if you make yum yapatam katlang yapatititamra, so so you using actually a very scriptic maybe <laughs> style of 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 very nice um rudiments who are much finer i give you an example normally you would make ram tam 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 chikita ketake ketake tim tim tada tim tim and then a little bit in basel style you would say rack lick lamia batata ti tata ti tata you would put a little bit more you know small fragments in and for me that's really unique it's not that powerful in visual, but it has a very nice style of drumming. Who is very, how we say in English, uh, not um, it's it's like a, it's like a baroque, you know. It's very garnished with a lot of elements and has a lot of nice motifs, and that's what I like. So so, and if you look at how you play your fifes, and I was amazed about these nice compositions you are playing. And if you looked in the drum, uh, and I spoke with Scott about it, he has to arrange it new, and, and and then it could be that you could use also some of these elements to to support the five melody, but mm-hmm. but it's more not in a, it's not a technical bad or bad, it's more a different style, and and that's the only thing, and I tell you why this is, it is because we do not have the bass drum. So we had to do everything on our own. <laughs> so, so, so it's, it's well, And if you look at the modern composition, sometimes it's like Rachmaninoff in the music. No one can follow anymore. You just know it's bloody hell. It's really difficult. <laughs> I don't know what they do. It's really difficult, you know? And as a judge, those, uh, you
1: have to, huh? sorry? Those Ivan Kim...
3: Yes so, you know yeah. this this is for me you know this is for me the Rachmaninoff of of X, uh, it, it is this emotional drumming who is powered by the body and everything comes and it's beautiful but it is very very how you say the tiring sometimes so you have to concentrate you have to focus and and you, you you can't say you have to like it because you have to understand it and then you say oh yeah yeah and I like that as well. eh? Don't, Don't misunderstand me. But it's important to understand for me or to explain why we have that style or why we have that. And if you ask me what is the best, I think it's the mix, the blend. And I think... Uh, there is one composition that I like very much from Roman Lombri It's called Globetrotter. So it is all the styles. And he tried to, 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 to showcase the Scottish drumming, the American drumming, the Basel drumming, the French drumming. And also on top of it, blend them that you have a complete new style of music. And I think that's for me a little bit, uh, and it's all about what we are doing. So don't lose your authenticity, your, uh, but let it happen. You know, let it, it's okay. <laughs> and and there is a big discussion. I don't know if you have this discussion as well. What is rudimental drumming? Where is it only percussion? Where is whatever, you know? And for me, it's very clear. If you are able to play one to five minutes, something that people say, this is really music, that's all about. Because we are not anymore a signal instrument. We can not still be, and we do that, and we must do it especially if we have a uniform on. But I think it is much more. And I think if we can use all these styles, and there is a lot of of good examples. For example, I give you uh, a good example we we learn now, Scandinavia. Scandinavia is driven since the Napoleonic War, nothing happened anymore. And now they regain... And thanks to you guys and also a little bit of us to and with Seert to to give them a support and help that they can really find their own way. It's a good example. David, for example, he used our notation right a little bit. You took everything he could find from the US, from there. But he wants to, for example, create something new who is adaptable for the Swedish people. And I think that's the smart way. Or Tommy in Finland, you know, who has a rich with risco, you know, legends, but on the end of the day, he has to play something. He has conscripts. He has to teach them, and he has to find a different way. And I think that's uh, the key. And there, it is very helpful if we have this exchange, like you just mentioned, and if we can mix that up. And and that means as well that we're using the bass drum as well. You know what? The funny thing is in Switzerland, we are still have only one tone on the bass drum. So the next I know will be we have three different tones. Right. But it takes another 20 years till we get that managed, you know? <laughs> so, but but just to give you a typical example, what you will see, that that this is something what will come and the young people, they're used to that. They love it because well, they're know, trained like that, you know?
2: I'm a big fan of of you know different cultures, whether they're in the U.S. or, or worldwide. You know, if they're taking something from, from from us, or if we're taking something from the from whoever, that it fits within our style. Um, so we 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 can adapt things, we we can reference things, of course, but but not to change our style um, to be something that's necessarily pulled too much in one direction. Because it's very important to keep kind of the local color of, of the music, um, you know, and, and that's that's how tradition dies is when everything. Fully, fully agree.
3: And, and, and I think it's important that you showcase that, for example, when, when I have a concert program, I have I can I'm very privileged. I can play with my kids or with my adults a half an hour and no one find it boring, but only because I have element start with a march classic. Then you start with American sticking, showcasing, seeing, visual, different speed. Then you do, we call it the heavy one. Something we want to have to do it for us. No one likes it, but we have to do it. That's exactly what you just mentioned. It's our, you know, it's the Ivan Kim. Go on. And then comes percussion. and that, uh, Percussion, something light, body percussion, uh, drum percussion. And if you have... Harmony band, or if you have fifers, you have even more to show. The biggest, I think the biggest challenge is if you are just a drum group. That's the worst one because you have two or three tones, everything is quick, everything is loud, everything is static, and to break out. And that's a little bit of a challenge. But if you can play that, and, and I give you an example, what I like very much, who's also typical Swiss, is if you're having these drum pieces with three, four different groups where they play. And everyone's playing something, and then it gives a complete new sound. And that's, for me, also something nice. And if you play all this next to each other, then you have a half an hour wide range of of, of uh, uh, attractive program. But it's necessary, like you said, Dave, everything has to stay at this place. So if you do the American drum, it has to be like that. And it's not a five-stroke roll with a flam. It has to be a seven left. You know, it has to be, or it has to be this encopas. It is not this heavy everything on the right hand, <laughs> and and it, so it lives really from authenticity. And I think that's also the drum important. So if you play a drum, uh, let's like say the Basel drum, uh, then you have to take the, the strokes a little bit higher if you want to play a different style. It has to have this sound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think if you can showcase that to the people. They will say, wow, this is really – and I agree with you. If you have this, everything is a little bit and nothing is right, then you are at the end of the day. You will lose it out. Definitely. So, Ali,
1: I, I can remember back to 1996, I think, is when when STPV first came over to the United States. Uh, I think Roman Lumbreser, uh was with the group. Uh, not no Yvonne Kim. I can tell you from uh, my experience in Fife and Drum, that seemed to be in America when we tried to, to really broaden our dynamic range. And I, and I really think that the Swiss drummers really have that down from the really, really low end all the way on up to the top end in terms of dynamic range. And it seemed to shift over in America uh, for Fife and Drum specifically uh, to having more of a dynamic range of their playing. So I, I totally it's 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 uh, Roman and Yvonne Kim and, and it's that that kind of style and even the Basel style of drumming where we try to take that from and that musical phrasing. So yep. can you can you tell me a little bit more about what surd is? We know we've talked about it a little bit on the yep. podcast.
3: Okay. No. No. Okay. The 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 idea was original in about ten to twelve years ago. Uh, before even when we we had um, we had a discussion with the Frenchies and also with other countries, and there was the idea to have a, 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 a United Nations symposium style, and everyone wanted to do that in Geneva. I don't know why, and and it was a deathbed because you know there was a lot of. Um, it was not driven by drummers who are really drummers like you guys. It was driven by people who had, um, were presidents, were uh, politicians, but liked the drumming and they wanted to work like a, a big association to support the drumming globally. And then in 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 uh, there was a, several projects, and when I was the president in two two to two, two twenty uh, to two sixteen, uh, we had the idea, and that's where it came from. That we say, why not put it first together with the people who are meeting always on the tattoo, and that was actually this. These years with the tattoo where everyone met in Basel or in Edinburgh or so. And then we we had a group of, and of course, it was, it was really uh, in the beginning uh, um, dominated by uh, uh, army drummers uh, to say, let's get the, the 15, 20 most influential drummer together and make a symposium and talk about the drumming. So they organized that. Then after I left, uh, uh, Lionel from, uh, who is also uh, instrumental, and Philip and and uh, David Lindbergh and Mark, and so they all tried to drive it from a drummer's perspective and from an artist perspective. So not the company of Drum on Fives invites the STPV and the French Drumming Association. Uh, it was more focus on individuals, high drama. That's how it started. So they organized uh, this event in Bern. And this was typical. It was an army concern, barrack. It was everything paid by the army. Uh, uh, There were, first of all, people who know each other. And we started with about 30 to 40 people there. And uh, so Switzerland was the first one who organized it, and after that, it was very interesting. And I remember that because I was then on that time really the interpreter and talked to the Frenchies, talked to the American, talked to the English, and we all met. I mean, I met most of them except uh, the U.S. The first time, and I could see that there was much more. It was a movement. I would call it a movement. And Dave, please, you are also one of the first one who was there. So if I say something wrong or you feel not comfortable, please go in because it was a movement and everyone was a little bit surprised how quick we went and how quick we agreed on a lot of things without losing our own identity. And then, of course, the Frenchies invited themselves and said, in the next two years, we want to do it in Paris. So we had then in Paris uh, a symposium. And the problem we had there was because it was just a group of drummers, There was no organization. And then we had to establish a little bit, how do we go in the future? But what we never wanted to do, and Dave, you say if I'm wrong, we never want to be another association again, because every one of us is already in three to four association and in several positions. And we said, we want to use the knowledge and we want to use the collaboration, but we not want to copy, paste, or have a competition to everything we do already. So, so that's where we started, and then uh, we made this proposal. Uh, shall we do it with Seert? Yes, we called it society. It was a big discussion. Is it an association? Blah, 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 blah. blah. So, and then, funny enough, everyone agreed. Next one, every two years, the next symposium. Now, the good thing was, the symposium is just a symposium. Everything that was between the two symposiums was actually the ones who made the difference because it was, we went to PASIC, we went there to have in Singapore to support groups. And it was not a person who went, it was a group of people, it was friends, we we engaged. And that was the strong part of the SEAT movement. And I say really, it's a movement. And... Then the quick question is who is allowed to do it and who is not allowed to do it? And to be honest, I still believe, and I say that to everyone, everyone who contributes for the cause <laughs> is a member and valuable. As soon as you use that and to try to be make yourself better or earn some money with it, I have to say, sorry, wrong business. Do something else. Get much more. Go to the stock exchange. Whatever. You won't make any money with it. But at the moment, just to finish that off, we are now really have a, a collaboration friendship with all of us. And I think we're getting now a little bit in this from the storming into, into the norming. So we try now to establish certain standards. And uh, we are on the way to do that because of the coronavirus. So first time we had a linked up a homepage before we were just talking over Messenger, there was no uh, structure and I'm the chairman because no one else uh, was stupid enough to do it. No, uh, to to do it because uh, I was the only one who could talk to the Frenchies quickly and call them and call them and was traveling. Because as a chef for Gate Gourmet, I was of course privileged that I could quickly in the US, Washington see quick Mark, see Dave, went quick to Paris, to the Frenchies, went to the UK where we have a huge hub kitchen and went to Singapore. So I was like the, the missionary, you know, who just can give, oh, you need a new stick of a pair of sticks. I will bring it to you, and then I will drum a little bit. So that's how it started. And it's, and I'm not important. I think important is the the, the, the variety. And now just to finish off how this will go ahead. Uh the next symposium it was on the 19th of September. It's, of course, canceled. It was in Portsmouth uh, at the HMS Victory with the Royal Marines. So now we decided to postpone that to next June, we hope it will be then better, we don't know yet. But what we will do is we will try exactly what we mentioned, try to have this digital event where you're also contributing something, where we try to use exactly the technique, the tools, as we said before in the in the podcast, to showcase what we are doing, to explain to each other, and also to use the element of the digital so we can pre-produce, we can focus on something. And the good thing is everything is then forever like this uh, podcast and we can keep it because that's the next step. What we have to now do, it we have to get the global repertoire together. We have to find a way how we can collaborate. We have to find a way how we can safeguard our compositions, safeguard the knowledge of all of you. And we are not very good in that. We don't like to write books. We are not, I mean, there's two, three people like Jim Clark, like Marcus Esterman. Every country has his his, uh, uh, guy who can write down the things and keep it uh, safeguarded. But I think we should have that all together. And uh, that's something uh, uh, I think will be the next challenge. And also what I like in drumming, and I have to say that as well is we, we play for ourselves, we compose for ourselves, and that's also our biggest strength, so that we can, I can give you my composition without having any issues of money or I'm not allowed to do it. So that's the strong part, we sometimes forget that. If you are in the music, you have to pay a lot of money, you have to ask for rights, whatever. For us in the drumming, you can be much easier. You can still make sure it is yours, but it's much open. And I think that's the strength we should play the card. And there it plays uh, an important role, I think, to to uh, emphasize and to make it possible. And if it that's then the part of it, I'm happy to support.
2: Something that was really interesting to me uh, at the first symposium, which... You know we I don't think anybody really knew what to expect but um, from the first symposium there were maybe 35 people somewhere around there it, it wasn't very many um, and every one of us was able to have a conversation with every other person there which I think that that's where a lot of the collaborations came from it, it was a very small group um, and even in Paris I think that in Paris we maybe had 50 Something like that yeah,
3: um, yeah. no and a lot of them a lot of them were just people who just joined without to be a member but they just profited from it and that, that was okay you know
2: right yeah yeah and, and so it, it's exciting for, for me to see how this this organization is going is going to expand especially now that um, essentially the, the cat's out of the bag about this, this thing existing and we' we actually have some outreach um, and things like that. Um, so can you talk about some of the outreach that, that happens within CERD? Um we had mentioned briefly Singapore Vatican uh, okay that,
3: that- okay at the moment so what we see now is that let's say we have institutions and we have countries huh? there are the, the, the for me the big let's say the big three countries huh? it's or the big four it's definitely Switzerland uh, the US um, France and the uh, UK. And the, uh, uh, that's actually where the most members are. I mean, not members of SEAT, but let's say simply about the size. You know, if you look at, for example, Argentina, it's a one-man show. He has about 15 drummers. There is a, maybe a few more, but there won't be the hundreds and thousands and established like we have in the other countries. Um, but what is interesting is that the smaller countries are the ones who are actually the, the, the dynamic ones and their progress the quickest and. The, now we have Belgium, for example. Belgium has a two, three groups who are very traditional and they play also something different than the Frenchies or the Swissies. And then this is the new asset. Then we, we got uh, contact with Japan. So Japan uh, is is interested and is also making a presentation on the 19th to to show themselves. Then we found out that uh, in the Netherlands, there's not only the Marines and then only Xander, there are much more groups. So this it's very interesting to see it either in one country it's wider, or it is a new country. And at the moment, we talk about uh, 15 to 20 countries who are really into it. And then there is some countries, what we know, there are some people, but no one is engaging us, and we don't know them yet. Like, for example, Spain. Because Spain, the King of Spain, has also a drum group. Uh, They have a lot of, they have this beautiful feast. You have to look at that, it's called tamborada. That's kids. I like that because they are all uh, decorated as chefs <laughs> and they play the drum. It's in January, hundreds and hundreds of people. So there is a lot of still uh, untouched possibilities to see. And I agree with you, it won't be a big group with hundreds and hundreds of people. It can't be like that. It's. I see it more a little bit uh, like a group who who has this mission to to exchange and share to each other. And and like the, like the Royal Society who who went to the whole world and, and find a lot of science it has also a lot to do with innovation and science and that's not something who is mainstream because uh, you need to have the time you need to have these discussions like we have today to play together so it won't be a big it is a movement but it's not a movement of the, of the of the of the people it's more a movement of individuals who want to share because they like what they do and they are somehow, everyone is a little bit somehow extreme. eh? And I wouldn't say crazy, but it could be crazy (laughs) because it's really more, because they want to, 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 showcase much more than they even can do with their group. So they look for some something else. So, And I think that's a good mix. It's a good mix. And I think what is the strength as well is that we invite young people and that's the next chance that we also not talk about old men's club, that we have young talents who contribute. And we did that actually always very well. And I think that's a little bit where we should go. And then you keep it also well. It should be also not a secret uh, group it should be very transparent, open for everyone. But the yep. content, the content is already so heavy. You won't have that uh, big groups where you have thousands and thousands. It, yeah. It's really special. I don't yeah. know how That's you see awesome. that, Brendan, because you 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 never were on a symposium. But I think you you are also one of these people who are engaged everywhere. And I for me it's interesting how you see that from the outside because you were not in Bern, you were not in Paris. But you're always on a pacing. You're always also in these encounters. And I think that's also – I give the question happily back to you as well. Huh? What do you expect from us, you know? Because I think yeah, that's I, important as well. It has to serve the purpose. Well,
1: well, first of all, I, I was very jealous I wasn't there the first time. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to, to Portsmouth uh, next year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, – it's it's really interesting how how this has developed over over the past I don't know twenty years how everybody's been able to ex- exchange uh, their own percussion cultures their own uh, rudimental drumming cultures um, and it's and I, you know, I never ever thought that I would be able to uh, travel to China to teach rudimental drumming and 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 things like that and, and be able to during this uh, uh, COVID Corona. Be able to teach a master class to the uh, the Dutch Marines. You know, it's it's a absolutely um, different world out there, and uh, I, it's really cool. You know, mm-hmm.
3: and and you know what is the interesting thing? They they like it. You only think, oh my god, what can I bring on the table that they think it's attractive? And I I agree with you. I mean, also when I was on the Royal Marines, you know, it was really a, a give and take, and and it was interesting to see that you can use it as a masterclass digital, and you can be physical there. You need both. And it's the same interesting thing. And I think that's our strength. And that's also the strength of Seert that it's not a person or whatever. It is a, a, a really a movement. And I think that that will uh, give us also the opportunity to do to, to much more things like that.
0: Yeah. The symposium sound remarkable. I would love to attend one of those. Um, you know, here in the States, there are a lot of jokes about rooms full of drummers 40 drummers in a room fifers like to tell those jokes a lot i know yeah for sure
3: but um, but I, I like that that you have the same jokes like we have between these different uh, uh, groups and also with this different style and definitely with fifers and drummers it took yeah. us a, it took us a hundred years to put the five in our name it was before the Swiss Drama Association. And even today, a lot of drummers say it's one uh, vocal too much or it's, it's one letter too much in the room. And that's exactly. I think this teasing is needed. I like that.
0: Yes, it is. It is. It's good natured fun sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Tell us a little bit now. So the event on the 19th has gone virtual.
3: It will go virtual, 19th of September. Uh, I can tell you quickly what we decided actually quite yesterday because it's uh, demanding, because what we want to do is a world tour of drumming. And so we start in Switzerland because we are the earliest one because uh, you're still in bed then. And then we go over to the UK. And then from the UK, we go then to um, uh, the US and then we will finish the evening in... Singapore, and it will be a mix now of pre-productions, who people who are wanted to be prepared. Then there is a lot of teasers in what will come in the future. So it will be a blend and uh, uh, we get a lot of response and I'm so happy that we have now really not only two, three people, but really a wide range. Also you guys who who plan to have their own session. And and uh, for me, it will be different than the symposium because we have much more opportunities technically. So we can show much more drumming because in symposium, everyone said, it's nice to talk, but when can we drum, you know? And, right. and what I want to do is a little bit like public view Viewing, you know, so you can have you can sit with your group or you can sit alone. It depends what you're allowed to do, and then you can go in and 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 uh, be engaging live in the mixture uh, with with pre-recordings. We want to show everything we have at the moment. There is a lot of a lot of people have a very strong feeling of how they want to present themselves, and I think that's also important and we have a lot to tell so 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 when you ask me how long it will be it will be definitely too long that everyone would say, oh my God, this is boring, but that's how we are. We want to show, we will show it. It will be maybe three to four hours. It's okay to go and have a beer and go away and come back. Uh, It's it's all allowed because everything will be then on the YouTube channel. And I like that. The only thing what I really told everyone, please stay focused. Don't get boring stuff. Bring what you can and let everyone because it's important that we have the right, the full flash, and we will never cope with everyone. But uh, it, it was interesting uh, that uh, because of that Corona uh, situation and everyone is uh, now boosted his technology uh, technology. Uh, capabilities uh, we have now, we are able now to do what we never did before, that we are able to produce something in a very good quality and tell anyone. Because typically grammar, oh, no, 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 we know, everyone knows everything, everyone is uh, already on the same page, blah, blah, blah. And if you see that now, how much we are now really working hard to explain something in in the right way to someone else, that's excellent. And that's really something I'm looking forward to. And uh, it won't replace the symposium in Portsmouth next year because that's also needed. But it, it was important for me to, this 2020 is like for everyone a lost year. And I think it is important that we are taking that and work on it. Yes, Brandon?
1: No, do you, is this something that you think we're going to be able to do uh, every other year to kind of offset the, the live symposium?
3: So, so fully agree. That's already, uh, I think, already in the in the head of everyone. If this is successful, uh, we will have, let's say, every two years we have the symposium, and every other year we have like an Oscar night. Or I don't know how you want to call it. You know, <laughs> something like uh, where we can, because it's also a different quality. The good thing is, what I found out, we do something in Switzerland now as well. Instead of having 100 years of your anniversary, we said to every group, bring a clip. And then we do like an Oscar night where we showcase. Because then a group who is not the best in drumming and the biggest and the most famous can also do something and show something without... You know, for us, it's always the best this is number one, then second, third, it's all competition. Now, with this element, you can say maybe the most creative one or the one who has the uh, the best idea can also contribute something to the society. And I think this element is also a, a very positive way. And yes, uh, to, to make a long story short, yes, I believe we will have the symposium as assemblies where we it come together, then we will have a lot of events between, and not only tattoos. It can be also uh, maybe the next will be I hope as well is that your group invites my group, and then we have together a concert. You know, don't have to be the whole world all the whole time. It can be. I know, Dave, can you please organize for me that? I will come, friends, exchanges, masterclasses, podcasts, all these thing. And I think I invite everyone. We can't have enough of it. We can't have enough of it. And the only thing we have to make sure is that not we do everything ourselves, <laughs> because otherwise we won't have the capacity. But. We can do that and if it, I hope it works. I I got now George Willis who is now managing it from from, uh, the technical point of view, very happy. So we have a lot of minds across the world who support that because everyone told me, are you crazy? You know, this costs you a fortune. And I say, yeah, I don't know, let's do it, try it. And if it's not working, I will say sorry already now. I can't please everyone, but I think the idea is there and uh, I'm sure we, we will get along with it. And uh, the response so far now is 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 over the expectations. And if you also move and be together and we do that all together, then we learn as well how we would do the next time. I think it's also a start. I mean, the first symposium was also not... 100% everything, and the second symposium, what was in Paris stays in Paris, Dave, correct? So we won't mention it anymore. Uh, so so, so it, it's also a little bit the will of everyone to give something from himself, you know, it can't be that in the best way, so sorry, no one can do that. And I'm the last one who who will tell anyone to do. So I'm just here, the facilitator. And for that, I must say the 19th, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure we will see a lot of uh, surprising new things what we never thought of.
1: So Ali, I I worked in kitchens for about six or seven years and and I got away from it because I I realized it was uh, kind of running into my extracurricular drumming and I just decided I was going to be a teacher. You're a chef and a drummer and a teacher. And you have so many different things going on in your life. Can you tell me if you know if you think there's a correlation between drumming and, and cooking? Do you, why drummers like to cook, or or why cookers cooks like the drum? <laughs>
3: um, there's, there's three three aspects on it you actually uh, put together. First of all, drummers are travelers, so. I used my job, actually, because I wanted to travel. If I wouldn't be in the army, to be honest, I couldn't manage that. Because in the army, you had to go three weeks a year. You had to go in maneuvers. You had to play your concerts. And I could manage that with my job when I was an executive chef when i was later i misused my position completely so that i told everyone wednesday is my holy evening don't talk to me about it you know so i could use that so so i was privileged that's to come to your answer, how you manage that. And the second the third thing is uh, I also had times when I was in Australia working or in Hong Kong where I had simply nothing I couldn't do. So I, I maybe made some compositions or I, I was crying every night when it was fast Nacht or whatever, but I couldn't go. So this is also something uh, you can't be everywhere all the time and do everything. That's what I learned very quickly. So keep your priorities right. There's times where you can play a lot. There's times you can do a lot. And then there are times where you just have to say, okay, now for two, three years, you won't hear any ollie. I mean, for years, Roman, last week, Roman said to me, where were you in 94 to, 20 to uh, 98? I, I, we had so many problems. and <laughs> well, said, I was in Australia, cooking. Okay. I had my, you know, I, and, and, and that's also something I think when you're getting older, then you also know that now priority is that, and then you have to stick to that. So that's one thing. Now the chef thing, uh, to be honest, uh, I like this. I use, actually, I learned so much in drumming and that I use that in the kitchen as well. So preparing is preparing. Uh, life is life. If you have a concert, you have never a second chance. It's like in cooking. We start every day new. Next day is a new day. You win. Tomorrow you have to win the same way. You play. You have, you know, and then if you are doing that a lot, then you will say yesterday was better than today and tomorrow will be even better. So they're 100% the same thing. Then secondly, people think. Drumming is a people thing. You can't, you can't play alone and then you are the best, yes, but it's never fun, it's like in the cooking. If you have three Michelin stars, you have a burnout after four years, you are dead or you're bankrupt or whatever, it's a people thing. And now comes the third one, it's emotional. Drumming and cooking is emotional. There's no right and wrong, it's you like it or you don't like it. It's like in drumming. You can be the best drummer, if the people don't like it, you missed your mission. You can't be the best drummer technically if you can't teach the kids. What is the difference? You're lost. Similar concepts, similar things. So there, I think it's 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 the same. Um, What I prefer at the moment uh, is uh, uh, that uh, I'm not have to cook every day and produce so much. And and that's what I like. Uh, That's the privilege I have. And that's more what I miss. Uh, sometimes also in the music. If you just produce and you have to, you know, play, 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 or if you can really make music and it is maybe not that long. It's not so much, but it can play for yourself. That's similar in the kitchen as well.
1: Well, I, I hope I'll be able to, to cook with you someday. That sounds like a lot. Yes,
3: actually, things. this is this is a, a, another project. Uh, uh, what is still uh, the only cook the only cookbook I ever will write. It's called the drama cookbooks. It inspired by five, so that I can use everyone. No, but, uh, and I actually, the concept, I tell you what is the concept. The concept is I come to you and we cook together and then we create the recipe and that's then for everyone. And that's actually, it's a, something what what uh, I, I tell you that here, and I never showcased it because I, otherwise I put myself under pressure, but... But that's something what I like to do as well, because there's a lot of similarities of, like you say, if you like someone or you are very intimate with someone, it's not only sex, it's most of the time cooking and eating and it's playing music. And that's, for me, something, what I mean, it's the same emotion, but in a clean way, of course. That's a good thing. <laughs> and uh, the cooking and the drumming is something that is so close and has a lot to do with trust and, and exchange. And that's why I'm saying uh, you are not the first one who I had that in mind. And that's actually how I want to play it because that's the best you can do.
2: Um, <laughs> Ali, yeah, l- last time when, when you came to my house, it, it was it was a, a very kind of... Um, stressful experience having a chef come to my house and where I was going to cook some food for you. I know.
3: So I, I, well, I'm definitely I excited. Time, Dave, <laughs> no, 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 you know what? The funny thing was, no, listen, my worst experience was when I was young, I was very proud to, to be a, an apprentice as a chef. I was never invited anymore by every mother of my friends, I was no one, and I, I got only biscuits who are old, and some tea was never invited anymore for any food at all. Till I changed my concept and I said, I'm a a painter, I'm a hard worker because I I, 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 uh, I didn't lie because they're also wearing white clothes. So I said, you know, I'm wearing white, so I'm a, a painter or I'm a worker. So it's okay. And then everyone said, oh, you're hungry. I'm sure you're hungry. You uh, let invite him. He's a poor guy. And always on the end of the evening, I had to make my confession. And then I was never invited again. So see, so it is, that's what I'm saying. And you know, you know chefs are always cooking against the mothers of their customers. So I will always cook against your mothers and that's why I never do the best pasta because you have already the best pasta or the best quiche or the best steak. So that's why it's always so fancy, blah, 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 blah. So you're not getting caught in that you are cooking against your mother.
1: Yeah, I I would say I think that's why my relationships don't ever really last.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
3: This has been Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay.
0: No, this has been a fabulous discussion, and we really want to thank you for coming on and spending so much time with us. Um, It's been enlightening. I've learned. I've learned a lot. And I'd love to have you back uh, sometime in the near future because we have a lot to talk about. You know, you have a lot of knowledge. Uh, It's just fascinating. So, thanks for being on today.
3: Thank you very much. Thanks for your time, and it was really, really a pleasure to talk to you all. I think we should turn this into a cooking podcast. Yeah, let, why not? I will next time. Okay, let's let's talk it like this. Next time we will cooking with Oli, uh, but you have to be as well. So we make it then. Yeah, that's like an it. idea. Uh, I like it. But I need to know what you like. Okay, all well, right.
2: We'll discuss I, I, it ahead of
3: time. And it has to be American cuisine eh? because yeah, I like. I
2: have a pork jowl in my in my freezer. I'm sure we could use that for something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know what you have to buy and then we will do
0: something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks, Oli. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Oli. See you soon. Hear you soon live. Bye-bye.
0: Like this podcast and would like to support the bottom of the glass go to patreon.com backslash bottom of the glass podcast to donate or click on the Patreon link on our Facebook and Instagram pages and thank you program produced by Michael Blancaflor edited by Brendan Mason hosted by Brendan Mason Dave Loyal and Brian Watkins podcast music was created by Michael Blancaflor Logo was done by Andrew Ruddle.